2: You know, when I have a large project in home, sometimes it makes sense to do it by myself. At other times, I actually save money in the long term and have a much better solution if I use an expert. It's really not that much different with church planning. Church planners who focus on building their core team and actually planting the church and partner with portability experts like portable church industries hit the ground running. Yes, you may have to raise more funds up front, but let me tell you something. If I could go back in a time machine and do one thing different in all the churches that I planted, I would go back and have invested that money in Portable Church and all of the super cool kit that they give you to make the volunteers and their lives much, much easier. Trust me, your volunteers will feel invested in, and they're going to give you more of what they got. And That time where people are setting up is going to be a time where it sets the atmosphere for you to thrive. If you're thinking about launching in the next 6 to 36 months, we encourage you to check them out at PortableChurch.com.
1: I'm not only the heckler president, I'm also a client. (laughs) Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And you were listening to episode 250. 250! 250! 250! Of the Church Planner Podcast. We've already been uh, threatened. Foghorn, Pete. Foghorn? You know what I don't have on here? I should have a cha-ching, and I don't have one. Oh, man. Here's what I do have.
0: What?
1: Almost just as good. It's kind of the battle cry of this podcast. (laughs) It kind of is. (laughs) So if you're just joining us, uh, you're 250 episodes behind, but that's all right, because we got coolness coming. No, hey, hey the
2: 249 episodes behind, but happy podversary anyways.
1: Well, you know, the cool thing is, is we can't really discuss certain things that are in the works because the ink hasn't been finalized yet. But we got some cool things coming down the pipe, which are going to mean like really cool things for this podcast. I believe Yeah, that. it might be ready by 275. <laughs> At the rate we're going.
2: Yeah, no kidding, right? But it's but gonna we give do us have big things on the work.
1: It'll give us international exposure. <laughs> oh, I was thinking I would like that
2: kind of respect. <laughs> would you like some toast? Come <laughs> <laughs> into my orders with me. I would like to have some toast.
1: So if uh, if this is your first time joining us, then what you need to understand is this is a little time that we like to call smack talk. This is where Peyton and I get to catch up, and fortunately for you, we haven't talked in like a week, so we got all oh, kinds man. of good stuff. And then absolutely, and then we get into the good stuff, the church planning sure. stuff. So Peyton, why don't you tell them what is today's topic anyway? Today's topic
2: are the questions you need to be asking. Well, I guess it's today's topic is, but you know, I was going with like questions. So I you, know, geez, you know, put the pronouns and all that stuff mix up, but it is, what is, what are the questions? Grammar, English, what are the questions you should be? This is not an afternoon podcast, Pete.
1: I, it's not, but you know what? You're not in your usual setup, which is why your voice I'm isn't not. as milky smooth as it normally is.
2: I know. I know. So, Okay. What are the questions I should be asking before I team up with somebody to church plant? Mm. What things do I need to know? Because we know that Paul planted in teams and team planting is the most effective way to do it. But, uh, what questions do I need to be asking? That was a question that came up on the Voxer group in the Bible inner circle.
1: Yeah. And, uh, one thing we always like to give you are, are helpful tips and ideas of how you yourself can make some money to help you with your church plant. And here's just one more idea for you. I made my money the old-fashioned way. I got run over by a Lexus. Oh, I love that one. Thank you to Travis Sinks for sharing that little number with us. So we'll be getting to that topic in uh, in a few minutes. But uh, before then, uh, Mr. Jones... You got anything you want to share with us? Because I got all kinds of stuff I want to share.
2: Well, no, but being this is episode 250, I want it to be super professional. But being that I'm in the apartment and not in the house, can you hear my eggs boiling in the background?
1: <laughs> is that a euphemism? No, I cannot.
2: <laughs> oh, I sometimes, you know, if I've this. eaten the wrong food, eggs are a-boiling. <laughs> eggs they be a-boiling. That ah, should have been a sound clip.
1: So are you making the eggs yourself? Well, I'm boiling. You know,
2: when Andrew leaves, I'm on so my So what own. do you got to do, everything? like get up and to go cook. get
1: the eggs in the middle of our recording?
2: Probably. What? I didn't think this one through. You
1: really didn't think this through. You can't you leave them boiling you know, for an hour. Feet.
2: That's why I'm asking if you can hear it. I'm at the kitchen table with my computer with an absolute useless – I, you know, I got the ProCast SST mic tech. If you ever wonder, hey, how does Peyton get his voice so silky smooth – um, like, right, right, know, now a, right now, you're just using. Right now, you're just using an Apple headset. I'm <laughs> using the Apple because I hooked it up and couldn't figure out how to work it. So, uh, you know, technical uh, help is not my thing, which kind of lends itself to uh, a little stroll down memory lane for episode two fifty, which uh, was one of the first things you said to me. We decided we worked together. Oh, great! You're not a
1: techie. Great! Yeah. I'm
2: stuck with another creative person. Why does this always happen to me? Oh. Why, God? Why?
1: They're awful. To to up the ledge, you non techie
2: people are awful to deal with. It's it, you know we do things like boil eggs
1: right when we're starting a podcast, I know. five feet away from ourselves. That's the kind of stuff we do, amateurs. So uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, new, let us apologize for ourselves again. If you've been listening to the podcast, you heard that I uh, had a, a new little toy that was coming in real recently. Um, I don't remember if we talked about that I, I got my, uh, my gift. We did. We did. did we I talk
2: about, about all your toys. We talk about again. your underwear. We talk about your car, your charger. All and right. now we're going to talk about your gun. Because we're talking when about the he gun gets again. toys, that's what we talk about.
1: And that's all I care about. So I am like in this oh, mode. Oh.
2: Oh, we talk about your 3D movies, your hundred-inch TV. I mean, <laughs> it's like if you go to the past 249 episodes, you're gonna be like, like Pete's, like Tom Vu. These are my toys. You're,
1: no, you're gonna be like, <laughs> I know more about Pete, his underwear, and the things he does for fun than I do my own best friend. I'm everyone's best friend. I'm everyone's best friend. That's a great. Play. I picture you hopping in your charger in your underwear
2: on your way to the gun range. So the gun over your shoulder. That's so what deal, I guys.
1: see. Here's the deal, guys. I uh I recently bought a, a gun, uh often referred to as a long gun or a rifle. Uh some might call it a, a 556. Five, I should have wore my five five six hat for you. That's it's got five five six. Dude, you're going
2: hardcore into this.
1: Yeah, Jamie was like, Oh, I thought you just bought the hat because you liked it. I'm like, uh, no, that's the type of bullets my gun takes, five, five, six. Right, so
2: I wouldn't even know what that means. Like, if we walk, you know, as I've you know told to the to the to the podcast audience out here, I'm totally exposed. I'm a sitting duck. Come get me, you know. If you want to take me and take over my my beautiful life, you can. Like, you know, you could you can pry it from my cold dead fingers because I have nothing.
1: Yeah, so the five five six. It's the caliber of of bullet that uh, that the AR fifteen takes, and that's what I got is an AR fifteen. And it is fun. So this last weekend, right, Thanksgiving was last week. Saturday, we fly home. We had to come home on Saturday, no lie, because Sunday, Petey was going to the gun show. (laughs) Pete, you do realize
2: that when Jesus said, "Blessed are the peacemakers, he wasn't talking about a type of firearm. Hey,
1: as I like to explain to my pastor yesterday after church. There are people at the gun show that need neighboring. His whole message was on neighboring. And I'm like, I'm going to go be a neighbor to the people at the gun show. They are neglected people. I neglect them no more. I go to them. I go to their turf. Which, by the way. You
2: live really close to Orange County. I would imagine that almost all of those guys were right wing republican pastors in that in that shooting <laughs> they range they were all pastors i've been looking on Instagram. i see all these pastors like hey i'm off shooting guns and i'm like that must be a thing
1: right now used to be golf now it's like the firing range we see that you you actually bring up a funny point okay i have one of those really highly addictive personalities part of the reason no, no right <laughs> part of the reason <laughs> Why I've never done golf. There's two main reasons. Number one, it's played outdoors in the sun. <laughs> I hate the <laughs> sun. <laughs> but number two, I was always like, okay, that's not a good sport for me because those guys, they end up buying like every little toy and trinket there is to improve their game by like one stroke. And I'm like, that to me would be like a money black hole. I did not realize that the whole gun thing was going to be the same thing. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty new to the gun world meaning I've had guns but I like I've had a couple of long guns for years and I've literally never taken them they were my grandfathers they were left to me before I got on this uh recent gun kick um the last time I went to the gun range I was 14 wow I know so it's been a while right so I don't consider myself a gun nut but I am rapidly becoming one as I have okay. discovered so if there was a place where you
2: could go and pretend to be a ninja, like throw knives, oh I and, found it, and throwing what? Oh yeah, why aren't we? Why aren't we going there? Like I'll come down, like like no joke well, within the next. Three there's
1: weeks. a uh, uh, there's a place in between. I I know this because of the gun show. <laughs> I was I was talking to one rad, dude. I was talking to one of the people who has a booth there, and because I'm all about the training, because I don't I, I didn't grow up with guns. So I'm like, dude, I want to take every course there is, even oh, the remedial oh, oh, ones. Oh. Wait, so, let me just say this, guys. If you're listening, you're new
2: here. Um, hi, I'm new here. Um, listen. Uh, I told him, smack did say- talk. This yeah, we talk. did say the topic, but smack talk. I don't. I don't think we really said that smack talk. We screw around for a bit. I don't care. So they they can
1: figure it out. And if they leave us, they were never meant to be with us. Yeah. two fifty yeah. strong. See this attitude that P has now? That he's packing heat. I don't. I don't care. I don't care about them. The he problem is, with me. the problem is I always I'm had that kidding. attitude. I just Can't had no way it. to back it up. That was my problem. Back off, man. What's that? I always had that attitude. I just had no way <laughs> to back did. it up.
2: You did, but I. I, I still got to take it out of you, man.
1: No, there's a place in between Vegas and Perump. Where it's like their their facility is better than uh, the military's facility, and they got classes for everything. <gasps> I mean, knife Per-rum. throwing, uh, you name it, they got it. And the ladies like, have to go to a place called Perum. No, it's halfway in between. No, uh, it's too far to away. Work. And that's what I told her. I'm like, oh, look, I can't go there. I Dude, go. I got the one. I go. I got two kids and a wife. I mean, and and she goes, how old are the kids? <laughs> I go rad six and two she goes we've got classes starting at five and i'm like oh my, oh my gosh. gosh there's no, like luke could you imagine luke with a gun that's just bad news do you, do you like do you use like a german word like my my, my friend <laughs> used <laughs> to have like, like you
2: know governments And if you use this german word you know it attacks can you do that with your kids it's like the manchurian candidate for toddlers that'd be awesome oh my gosh dude so seriously though why do they not? You know how much money you would make if you're like ninja
1: school. And oh, you no, like, they have it. They have all that stuff. What? What? Like, But in Pahrump or Apple. Yeah, are, well, that's the problem because like, I was talking to this one gunsmith there. And he's like, yeah, I'm a gunsmith. I go, oh, yeah, where are you located? Because I'm thinking I got these long guns that I want to take to a gunsmith before I go out and fire them. And then uh, and he goes, I'm out in Riverside. And he goes, and if you come out to Riverside, you better bring a gun with you. <laughs> I kid you not. What I kid you not, man. He was just like, Don't come out to Riverside unless you got a gun.
2: That's hilarious, man. I'm
1: telling you, the gun people at the gun show, they are my people.
2: I, I fit yeah. in there. They're all walking around, though, like with this fantasy that they're gonna get jumped in. Him, but I got my no, my lucky no. sidearm. They're
1: not walking around worried about it. I'll tell you that. They all the packing. Packing, there's so many guns there. Pegging. They
2: were worried about it, which is why they started. <laughs> I'm just saying it was so... They're a paranoid bunch. You got to admit, they are a paranoid bunch of people, and it is so easy to get sucked into. It, that
1: paranoia. I don't know that they're paranoid because I don't think that there's anything to be paranoid about. And yet, at the same you time, do. people are really out to get them. So it's not really <laughs> paranoia. It's just... Hey, you always make fun of me when I'm paranoid. It's just Not being people properly, to get me. Properly prepped. That's all they are. Properly prepped. They are they are ready for anything that should come to Look, I've been buying all kinds of gizmos and gadgets to put on my gun. Like I'm like, ooh, flashlight. I can stick a flashlight. Like, why do Once I need a flashlight on my gun? You guys are
2: gonna hear that that Peyton Jones got shot accidentally by Pete Mitchell because I went over to his house and we were messing around it just like two teenage kids. It won't be accidental. You can you can take all the you guys heard it here. uh, Pete's gonna take all the proceeds from Church Planner Podcast. That's (laughs) a
1: secret. (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude! I was I was like, so I'm going shooting tomorrow with uh, Jimbo. Nice. Yeah, we're gonna do a podcast at the gun range.
2: See, this is what's gonna happen now, though. Now that you have guns and I don't. It's like you're gonna get new best friends. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm already yeah. on my way. See, we just had the podcast before, but now it's like there's like this other woman, and oh, yeah. and she
1: shoots five, five, six bullets. Ooh, that's hot. Like I can't <laughs> I can't compete with her. You really can't. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. No. I was actually I'm I'm at the gun show and I'm like, first of all, you know it's bad when you go to the bank and just take out a bunch of cash because you don't want the government knowing what you're buying. <laughs> So like it's all cash <laughs> transactions. I'm like I I was ready, man. I was I was going to get what's called an 80%, man. I'm like looking at everything. I'm like, "Ooh, should I get myself a 308? Should I get myself a an 1895 4570? What should I get?" Like like these are the thoughts that are running through my head. I'm telling you, I got sucked into the gun world like that. Oh yeah, you did. I got yeah, sucked that's in. what happens, dude. It's cool though. Like
2: in in all honesty, like for me the the, the thought I was raised in a military family like three generations back. My brother just retired from combat infantry. And, uh, I have no issue with, you know, join military or whatever, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not a killer. Like it's not, oh. it's not something that, you know, but so, so guns kind of weirded me out. Plus my best friend, when I got back, he shot himself. And to this day, I still think, you know, he was in a bad place, but he wouldn't have, he'd still be here. Yeah. You know, and so I I'm not anti-gun at all, please understand me. It's just for me, I always think, what if I get in a bad place one day? And see, uh, I don't worry I about got that.
1: cuz that's just not how I'm built, but um but no, I'm totally with you. Like I was I was telling this to someone, you know, like how a lot of guys are like, "Yeah, go ahead and try and break into my house. You'll see what happens if you do." <laughs> totally not my perspective.
2: Oh, exactly. And that's what I'm saying, but it's cool. Like I like guns are just cool. Like just being able to, like oh, when yeah. I was a kid, just toys. I was in Boy Scouts and I, this is a true story. This is, this is bad, but when I was a kid, we went out to Calico and we shot in the Boy Scouts, we shot 22s and shotguns and everything. And yes, a kid did shoot himself <laughs> accident in the leg. And, uh, you know, like, so, you know, you hear that, I think, gosh, oh, isn't that dangerous? Well, yes, it was. And that was the last <laughs> time we did it. Uh, but it was like a father son thing. Like you were out there and he was loading the gun, had it pointed himself, just his dad would not paying attention. And yes, he shot himself in the leg, you know, at point blank, boom. And, uh, you know, so, so, but, but what I was going to say is it was fun, man. I had so much fun. And then over the years I'll go out with my buddy sometimes, you know, particularly when I was a missionary, I come back and, I had a buddy. He, uh, he's what I call my most macho friend. You'll be glad to know Pete. He also was a ginger. You might know him. Keith, do you know Keith over yeah, at Refuge yeah. Nathan?
1: Yeah, all of us gingers know each other. Yeah, that's how it, it well, works. It's,
2: you know, it's, like it, it's like when people in VWs wave to each other on the freeway. And uh, So anyways, he would he, be like, hey, you want to go shoot? And he had everything. And because he was raised in Alaska. Oh, so that was just a way of life for them. And totally. like he was a commercial salmon fisher. I mean, dude, it was rad. Rebuilt his, his own house by hand, mm. um, had a stingray that he restored himself. Um, he, he was hardcore into anything macho. I, I right? don't.
1: I just want to go on the record to say that I don't actually build anything. I just buy it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, you know, he he, he did
1: both. But anyways, that's more manly um, than me that's all I am saying we would say. go shoot but again the
2: whole time i'd be there i'd be thinking this would be so much cool cooler if if we could do ninja stuff <laughs> right so i'm just saying I'm oh just dude, i'm these- taking
1: there uh, okay so i <laughs> i joined a gun range like that's that's how much i got into it i plunked down the 500 bucks and i'm like i'm a member for the next year and uh they have do, do you need I, to get do you- i have to take my
2: eggs off the boil hold on <laughs> C- continue your story. I'm right here.
1: You just paused, didn't you? I totally did. I totally I, I did. You know it was coming. I was yeah. just waiting for you to talk. I got a story to, to tell you. It is not for the listeners alone. Yeah, all right, all right. I, I would have figured it out. I would have picked up the context. I, Go ahead. Nah, nah, I don't remember what I was going to say I was that. trying to see oh. if the
2: court would stretch yeah. that five feet, but no, it only stretches about two.
1: No, so I, um, I joined a, a gun range and they've got, uh, three two day classes for your AR-15, right? Cause the AR-15 is such a popular rifle. I mean, it is yeah. incredibly popular. And, and I'm like, okay, I, I gotta, cause I don't know enough. Like I want all of the classes. I want the remedial classes. I want the, here's how you field strip your weapon. Here's how you clean it. I want all of them cause I don't know enough. You know, my my dad who grew up with guns <laughs> married a woman who was like anti-gun. And yeah. so that makes him anti-gun. Well not, he's not anti-gun, but you really? know, like I said, 14 was the last time I went shooting. I was 14 years old. So um and before that, I don't think I probably ever went. And um I just and and it long long in the story short of it here is they have as part of this this uh you know these two day courses they get to do all the ninja stuff. Like, he, he trains you on everything. Like, yeah. I just finished watching The Punisher on Netflix. Yeah. I could be just as good as that guy after these classes, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, we should do that, though. We should seriously start a ninja daycare and train train young children how to become lethal weapons of mass destruction. Dude,
1: I will say this. You know what was really funny is I'm at the, the gun range last week. Um, only got to go in twice last week, so, you know. And, and as I'm leaving this, uh, this old guy who'd been, uh, shooting real near me, he goes, well, now I know my CCW weapon works and CCW is your concealed carry weapon. So he's, he's permitted. I'm like, Oh, so, uh, I always ask whenever I hear someone who's got a, a CCW, I'm like, Hey, what was your excuse? Right. Cause y- you have to have an excuse to have a concealed carry permit. Right. And, um, he's like, "Well, oh, I'm a retired police officer. And I kid you not, for the next 25 minutes, I'm standing by my car as he's telling me, as he called it, war story after war story. And the first thought that ran through my head was, all right, God, is this why you got me here? I mean, am I supposed to meet these people here? And, uh, you know, let's, let's get to know some people here and who knows? Cause it honestly to me it was like, I don't think he's got a lot of people to talk to. I, yeah. I really felt that way. I was like, for this guy to like start unloading on a stranger for twenty five minutes, mm. war story after war story, I'm like, okay, I don't think he's got a lot of people to talk to. So, that's rad, man. Yeah, so that's that's my new mission field. My mission field is the gun range, uh, the gun peeps. Did you tell him that uh, you know? I think I know some of those people from <laughs> Refuge Long Beach. <laughs> no, he was up in L.A. and he he retired twenty two years ago. So wow. he's been yeah, dude. That's while. rad. That's yeah good yes yeah, so, and I mean it was uh it's been fun man it's it's i'm I'm chomping at the bit to go tomorrow i got like I got my Amazon shopping cart filled with all these gun supplies, <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this when you're carrying a thousand rounds of five five six out of the gun show, that thing is so stinking heavy it it has to be like I don't know fifty pounds or something, wow. And it's like, no, it can't be 50 pounds. But it's like, you know, how, it's at the uh, Orange County Fairgrounds. So you know how big that is. Wow. And you're like carrying that all the way back what to your car. What was the
2: coolest thing that you saw there, other than the ninja stuff? Like, what was the thing you're like? Like, did you see, like, anyone, was anyone shooting, like, crossbows? Or, yeah, they had crossbows there. Yeah. That's just cool yeah, stuff. See,
1: crossbows, I, I'm not into the crossbows. Yeah. I'm, I'm into, see, no, I'd be
2: into that. I'd be into a crossbow.
1: Well, I, what what was cool for me is I did find a uh, a gun dealer. His name is Ed. Uh, he's in the city of Orange, and I really like this guy. And I think he's going to be my gun dealer. I think I'm going to be able to develop a relationship with my gun dealer. It's like E for people who shoot people.
0: <laughs> oh, I,
1: I will say this: the guys <laughs> who are in the Bivo Inner Circle are going to hear some great information. On, uh, sales and marketing, because that's how, that's the lens at which I look through the world, sales and right. marketing. And, uh, and so I had some, I had to record an audio that's going on, on this next month's, uh, Bible Winter Circle hard drive that, that we ship out to everyone who's in the Bible Winter Circle, which you can find all about it, BibleWinterCircle.com. And, um, and every single person that I talked to there was a horrid salesman. Just did not know how to close a sale. I literally came there with a pocket full of cash, looking to buy more guns, and none of them could take me down. They just didn't know how. Oh, by the way, what, like,
2: give me, give me what they did.
1: Well, they, they. First of all, I'm offering up buying question after buying question, and never did they go. Uh, so, this makes sense to me. Would it make sense to you? Nothing. Nothing like the transition to go from you've been asking me buying questions to give me your money. And I'm like, seriously, I'm not going to just like give you guys my money when you're not even working for it. And I was giving them all kinds of marketing ideas because I'm like, why don't you guys do this? Why don't you guys do that? And this one guy, anyway, it'll be on the hard drive for everybody who who gets that in the Bible Inner Circle. Great ideas that they can take and implement and, uh, in their businesses and the businesses of their clients. Find all about it at BibleWinnercircle.com. So nice. anyway, that's, that's what I wanted to share. What's my my, uh, my gun stories? That's we
2: fun. should probably get into our topic,
1: which are you, I have a commercial. Are, are you trying to say, let's get down to the nitty-gritty?
2: Pretty much. But before we do that, let me tell you uh, a, a word from another sponsor, which, by the way, you can find at corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater.
1: Dash church. <laughs> <laughs> and theater is spelled R-E.
2: It's spelled T-H-E-A-T-R-E. So that is com theater, R-E, dash church. So here's the deal. Talking with uh, church planners, they're always looking for a place to meet. Now, you can meet in a school, you can meet in a community center, or – You can meet in a place where people already traffic. So, um, Regal corporate box office, uh, reaches out to church planners. They have a staff of four, uh, church planners actually, uh, or previous church planners who were, are able to help you out. They know exactly what you're dealing with and they want to help you get started using the church space on a Sunday morning when they're not showing films. And that way you get a very natural transition, even for your own people who are like, Hey, I might, I might, uh, even be able to, to meet some friends here and say, Hey, will not we meet for church beforehand? So again, I was corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater. That's spelled T H E A T R E
1: dash church. love it. I love it. Uh, doc, can you kick us off?
2: Great Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Mm. Indeed it is. So uh the question is, um, you know, hey, how what conversations should I have? So let's let's tell a little story. Um guy says, Hey, you know, um I've been talking with this guy, he's pretty cool. He and I share the same vision for the city, we want to reach a church. And um he said, Hey, why don't you come along and uh help me with this church plan? And a lot of times We'll get church planners where they get cold feet or they think I don't really have the goods to plant and uh they'll team up with somebody who you know might just be better at faking that they're ready to do it than they actually are i will I'll, I'll tell you up front just straight up nobody's ready ever to plan a church It's like saying you're ready to have another kid or ready to be a parent or ready to get married. you're never really ready for that there's it's all of the unknowns and the the twists and turns and the fears and I, I I'm you know I don't I don't got this never done this before so a lot of times what people do um, kind of like in the same way that they break off the engagement or you know they they freak out right before they're going to have a kid and you know suddenly get a mohawk or buy a motorcycle or whatever it is men men do strange things um, it's the same thing with the church plant what guys will often do is they'll go uh, I'm just going to join with so and so, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, particularly if you've never planted a church. I actually think it's ideal um, the way that that I train church planners in New Breed. Um, back when I was doing that um, full time, I would uh, take church planners with me to plant because it's it's all fine to say, hey, you know, we'll, we'll do these classes or courses or whatever. And in today's uh, ministerial world we still have this thing where it's all about the information that you know, it is very little about what you do. And I'm, I'm more a believer in on the job training. This podcast is never meant to replace you actually getting out there and doing stuff and risking and failing and succeeding. Um, you you have to do something eventually. So, uh, but that's how I would do it is I would take people out there. And so, Uh, what would happen is often it would be a case of, Hey, come with me and we'll plant together and I will be training wheels for you. Um, I, I didn't need, I didn't need anyone to teach me how to church plant. It's just, I knew that these guys would learn best if a lot of the pressure were taken off of them. But, anyways, that said, sometimes it's fear that motivates you to team up with someone else. Sometimes it's just the right thing. You really do need somebody to train you. So when I look at the, the New Testament, you see Paul training Timothy and the other guys, and he was kind of that to them. He was their training wheels. So, um, and then eventually he could send them off to ride the bike. But there are questions if you're going to team up with someone that you need to ask. And I would say over the years, I've gotten pretty good. If, if a young guy comes to me, cause I'll get, I'll get calls now from like uh, church planners with North American mission board. And they'll call me up and say, hey, Peyton, you know, um, going into this situation, um, you and I have talked to some of the same guys, Pete. Um, well, one of the guys is bivocational. So he was like, hey, you know, um, and he was going to New York City. And his question, you know, he had a lot of questions. And I could right away spot, okay, this is the situation you're going into. These are the dangers I see. Um, these these are the things that you need to look out for. These are the questions you need to be asking before you get into that situation, because once you partner with someone, it's kind of marriage. So if I were getting married, I would want to ask my wife things like, How many kids do you want? Um, wh- what do you see our life being like? You know, big house, small house. Um, you know, wh- wh- do you want to work? Do you not want to work? You know, um, there's all these questions that you got to ask. You got to ask about what are your views on family? What do you, you know, what do you, what do you feel about? Um, in-laws, would you you know, and and really, a lot of it is observing. So what I told the recent planter was you need to have many, many conversations, not one. Like so, for example, what some of you guys will do is you'll hear these questions, you'll be like, okay, I'll make an appointment then, and I'll just shotgun blast this other leader and ask them all these questions, you know, in a very clinical, sterile, What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? That's not how you do it. In order to get to the bottom of these questions, you need to spend time. So what I told the planner was you need lots and lots of dinners, lots of evenings with you and your spouse and the other leader and their spouse. And you need to be chatting through over multiple dinner conversations you know, multiple coffee, cafe meetups, whatever it is, times in each other's homes. You need to get to know these people, and you need to feel it out. Um, so, um, the the first question. Uh, th- there's a lot of questions. First thing I want to I would want to ask is, how long are you seeing yourself being there? Is this a lifetime commitment? Are you gonna? Is this it? Is this like, yeah, you know, we're gonna plant this tree and this is all we see, or is this more an issue of, Hey, I'm going to do this for a time. And are they cool with that? You know, are they cool with, Hey, I'm going to be gone in two years. Um, so the first thing you want to work out is duration. What's the duration of this partnership um, now, for Paul? Are yeah, you,
1: yeah, you, you don't mind if I actually talk on the podcast, do you? <laughs> you n- not at all. Okay. Cause I know we're into your part now. Um, <laughs>
2: We're not talking about guns anymore, but if you think you have something useful to contribute about, I don't, actually. I'm just teasing. I just <laughs>
1: wanted to see if you'd let me talk. Go ahead. Keep going. No, go for it, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know
2: what it is? I'm looking at the time we have, and I know I only have 30 minutes, but we're good. We're
1: good. I can so, get to this. No problem. So here's my question. When you say, what's the duration? Are you talking about you, the partner, the yeah. the team members, like- no, I'm talking. I'm really talking about like the elders. This is this isn't
2: even a conversation about your core team. This is a conversation about you and another leader. Um, you know, in my model, it's elders, right? Because I see the the five roles in Ephesians four as apostle, prophet, you know, shepherd, evangelist, teacher. I see those those as being elder roles. And so the question for me is, you know, how long will we be serving? as a team together, as a, as a, team leadership. And, um, you know, some, some, one guy might say, Hey, you know, um, I'm, I'm only cool if you're in this for the long haul, which is kind of weird. So if someone said that to me, I'd be like, Hey, let's read the Bible together. You know, let's read the new Testament. Let's look at how this thing works. But you need to know that going in, you know, what are this person's views? Are they, are they archaic? And by archaic, I mean, are they non-biblical? Are they more traditional? views of church. I met with a a leader this week who told me that he believes in the, you know, I can't remember what the mileage was that churches ought to only plant within like 20 to 40 miles of one another. So there's no quote unquote competition. Well, that is so opposite of how I think. I don't care if you're on the next city block and I'm on this one. If I reach everyone on that city block, I'd be happy. And if you reach everyone on your city block, you should be happy, you know, but that's you know, it's, it's a, it's a perspective. And so what you're really looking for in this is are our perspectives matched? You know, if we're coming at this, um, the uh, Mac Lake, one of my mentors always says that shared expectations, um, el- or, uh, shared expectations eliminate shared frustrations. So if we understand the same thing together, we're not going to be frustrated. But if I go into a situation we don't understand what this is we're doing. There's going to be lots of frustration that's going to build up over time. And you're going to think, man, I wish we had talked this through before we were this far in. Oh, mm. well,
1: Yeah, so I, I got a little bit of experience here with uh, partnerships. And I don't really know um, how much of this applies because we're talking about church, which is different. I don't care what anyone says. It's totally different, right? Your motivations are different. Everything's different. You're not out for money. At least let's hope you're not out for money. <laughs> um, especially if you're church plant where we tell you to church plant. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be at all. Hey, there, there will be no money. There will be no money. So <clears throat> I, I have had several really, really bad partnerships. Extremely bad to the point where, um, Nowadays, I still partner with people, but I go into it with my eyes wide open and a clear written, this is what we're agreeing to. And it doesn't mean that we like sign it or anything. There's no, for most of my partnerships, no like signed agreement, although some of them I do. Um, But it does mean that it has been put down in an email, sent back and forth, and we're both totally on base. So I'll give you a great example. One of my first partnerships was with a really good friend of mine, and it blew up the friendship because I found that, one, in most key areas, we were too much alike, and mm. so there wasn't enough uh, complementary services, and it was kind of like, okay, what do I need you for? I'm already doing that. Like The right. whole thing was my idea. It was my everything and he didn't have enough of anything else. It was like he was piggybacking on everything that I did. And it was kind of like, why are we doing this? But when, but when we started to butt heads, that was a problem. And it was right. one of the reasons that to this day, I don't do normal 50, 50 partnerships and anything. Um, I, I, there, there always has to be, a head, and there yep. has to be someone willing to submit to the other. Yes. And my ego does not say I've got to be the head. In fact, like the way that you and I did it is it was like, okay, look, we're 50 50. however, if it has anything to do with theology, anything to do with doctrine, anything to do with basically the content side, you're the final voice, and I yeah. have to submit to whatever you want on that. Yeah. If it has to do with the business side, in the end, it'll be my choice if we were to butt heads. And it really makes for like very clear guidelines. Yeah, and every and once in a while we've pulled that card with each we other. We have. Yeah, we've pulled it. Every once in a while it'll be like, uh, hey, you know what? We did agree. I'm the final voice. The- okay, you're right. Boom.
2: Yeah.
1: And but it's not Oklahoma. like you don't- Oklahoma. <laughs> But also it's not like, it's not like you don't listen to the other. Like one of the things that I always try to, to get people to understand who are new to business. And this only usually comes up with people who are brand new to business. So I could imagine like in a church plant, I'm brand new to church planning. People who have been in business for a while and had partners. They get it when you're like, okay, who's submitting to who, because they've been down that road just like I have. Um, but uh, I don't remember where I was gonna go with that line. So it doesn't well, really you, were,
2: matter. you were saying you were saying that your ego does not, you know, it's why you don't do fifty fifty, you want to know, you oh, know, you, you gotta listen to the, the
1: other guy because the way I look at it, that person has a vested interest in our yeah. success. Right. So even though I might have the final voice, I need to listen to what that person has to say. They're not going to chop off their own nose just to be like, hey, I think we should do this. It's like listen right. to them. And maybe their idea is better than yours or the direction they want to go is better than yours. And if it is, have the, the, the humility to go, dude, you're right. I'm going to go in that direction because we're we're trying to get to that end goal. But it, it really, you, I have found that if, excuse me, if you don't go into the relationship with those standards clearly defined, Yes, it is really hard to go back later and go. Hey, look, we you know we've been working together for six months now, but I think we need to put in some guidelines here. Now, it's yeah. not to say that you can't do it. I'm just saying it's kind of difficult because then people start to get hurt because they're like, "Well, I saw myself as the thing that you see yourself as," and and it can well, be when, when you're talking
2: team leadership, right? Particularly with elders, you're talking about equals, but at the same time, you bring up a point. Um, first thing he says, we're too, if we're too similar. So on those elders, the reason for the plural, plurality in the scripture is that you're not meant to all be teachers. So if I go into a team leadership and I can see that there's like four teachers or three teachers, I realize right away it's because they don't understand what le- biblical leadership is. Mm. They would bypass a prophetic leader or even an apostolic leader because to today's system, which is so far off base from the New Testament, um, the teacher is the pastor. The guy who can preach well becomes the pastor. He becomes the senior leader. But that's not how it's supposed to work. So then when they're looking for leaders, they look for guys who can preach in the pulpit. Where Ephesians blows that right out and says you got apostles, evangelists, these different guys. Now they're going to lead differently but I don't want guys just like me in the same way that right. you said you didn't want guys just like you. And then the other part is about the submitting. Um, there is in leadership a mutual submission that goes on. However, someone must always lead the team. Right. So you, you have a team, which is a team leadership leading the church together. And you can say, well, Jesus is the senior pastor. Hopefully you are saying that. However, that does not negate the fact that there will be a team Leader. So, for example, in, in the 12, because you to back this up a scripture, in the 12, you have the teams, um, you have the team of 12, and then you have Jesus pouring specifically into James, Peter, and John. And Paul, when he comes to Jerusalem, writes in Galatians that I perceive that they were pillars. He lists those three. What did he mean by pillars? He meant that they were leaders amongst the team. They were the first among equals. So when you say first among equals, it means that they are the servant leaders of that team. That doesn't mean they're the tiebreaker. It doesn't mean that. It's just someone has to take responsibility for the team itself. And so for me, when I'm planning, normally I'm that, but I quickly phase out of that. So you you observe that happening. And, and I've done it every time I plan a church, which is I lead in the beginning. And I tell I told Long Beach straight up, hey, I'm going to lead this at the beginning. Then my gifts are going to wane. Then someone else is going to come. Their gifts are going to wax, and it's time for me to go. And that's that's exactly how it works. So we have team leader at Refuge Long Beach. So, um, you know, but but also I might get called into a situation. Got called in to a situation, and I I did not pursue the consulting relationship with the team, but coach the individual. But but had I come in. One of the first things I would have said was, you guys here are equals. And they were fighting through this whole but we're equals thing. And they were equal in their roles as elders. They were not equal in their in their abilities as leaders. And so one of them was a seasoned veteran leader in ministry. The others were new. This was their first rodeo. And they kept playing the we're equals card with him. And they were trying to do everything by voting. So the first thing I mm. said is, look, you can't do this by voting. Um, but anyways, this is one of the questions I would ask is exactly what you said. Who's the lead? Um, who's going to lead the team? Are you the lead, or am I the lead? Um, and, and then the other thing is, what's the relationship? So I would have come into this situation and just lay down and said, what I perceive here, guys, is you two over there are Timothy's. He is a Paul. Yes, you were on the same team. Yes, you were equal as elders. However, you guys are Timothys. You need to show the respect to him as a Paul because you need mentoring. He is your mentor in this situation. This is not a Paul and Barnabas where we are equals. We have equal experience. We are equal in capacity as leaders. So there's guys I serve with where I think, you know, like when I served um, in Pillar, Jeff came on board. Jeff knew things that I could never uh, hope to learn on my own because of his experience in supernatural ministry. Uh, he's very grounded, but, I, you know, I had been there when miracles were done prior to that, but I had never laid hands on someone and seen him heal. Jeff did that regularly. So it was like, well, you know, we're, we're equals, but on, on these things I need to submit to you. So we would go into situations. And I had been in a number of exorcisms uh, prior to serving with Jeff. But i got to be honest. Jeff was a big guns because he was a prophetic mm-hmm. leader. That that was his specialty. So I literally, he took the lead in any exorcisms. He had far more experience than I had in that area. So, um,
1: yeah, I was just going to say, too, I, I don't know how this principle could apply, but I'm going to share it. Maybe you can see if there is a, a- you know, a place for this because it kind of has to do with how you started out the whole conversation of uh, defining what your outlook is as far as time. Yeah. Um, one of my one of my partners right now is Jimbo Balem. He's a, a former church planner, and um, he he runs a thing called the Auto Detailing Podcast. He's an auto detailer, and he and I have teamed up together a couple of different times to to bring projects and basically product, marketing product to detailers. And last year in May, we were like, hey, I I just reached out to him like, hey, look, man, you've got a podcast, you've got a a market here. I've got marketing I can teach these guys how to market their business. Let's put on a live event and we're going to sell a product at it. And, you know, we put together a product and and we were going to sell it at it. And so because I've got the experience of working with partners, I sent an email. I go, look, this is the way it needs to be. And I go, we can do a 50-50, but just so you know, 5% comes off the top for the merchant account fee. Um, any expenses we got comes out of that. Any expenses you incur, I incur, whatever. If we're going to be spending a bunch of money, we need to like let the other person know this is what we're spending it on. Um And, but this was kind of the key thing is I said, okay, and this agreement that we're entering into is solely for this one event and product. Mm. We may not like working together. I'm a tough person to work with and I know I'm a tough person to work with. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to test the waters with this, but you get to leave with whatever you brought in. I get to leave with whatever I brought in. You know, go on about our merry little ways. We don't owe each other anything going forward. And let's just, you know, see how this works. And it worked well because he and I didn't have any problems. He basically said the same thing, kind of like what you did. And he was like, hey, look, I want to be the final voice on anything that has to do with detailing because I understand that. I'm like, dude, that's cool because you're right. I have no clue. About how to detail a car I know how right. to call you up and say get over here and detail my car like that's about all the experience <laughs> I got in that right but it, it it led to where we were able to then this year do another project together which is a much more long-term project because we had already worked together we'd worked together on a small thing and we were able to then you know work together on a, a much larger bigger project and you know so far haven't butted heads or anything like that so i right. don't know if that's you know, anything that you can do in the church planning world. But I just thought I'd share that as that was one thing that that I like to do. I like to do small little things. Definitely. Let's make sure it works before. Definitely,
2: man. Here's, here's why that duration question is important because you might just be like, Hey, I'll be there the first six months or first year to help you get your launch off the ground. It might develop into something because you really liked being together, but you never know. I mean, it. But, but having a time limit also means that there might be certain things that, you know, like when I counseled a guy recently, I said, look, you know, there might be certain things that you're willing to put up with when you ask these questions simply because you're all, you know you're only going to be there for a year rather than this is the rest of my life. Like, let's say the guy has views on communion that you don't hold. Like, my view on communion is anyone can take it saved or unsaved. Because there's literally not a verse in the Bible that says that unsaved people can't take communion. We've made that up from Paul's deal where he says, hey, some of you eat, you know, you eat it before the other people get there. That's why you've gotten sick or fallen asleep. And then he says, whoever eats or drinks in an unworthy manner, um, therefore, uh, you know, eats and drinks to his own condemnation. We say, oh, that means for some reason we've interpreted that as you must be saved to take communion. And yet. In church history, multiple people have gotten saved at communion. It's the embodiment of the gospel, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So anyways, all that to say, um, I, I changed my view on that. And I now, and we we did a whole podcast on this. Um, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. So, so, but would I have a hard time with a guy that I'm serving a little bit of time with to um, who didn't believe that, you know, who believed, no, no, it's only for believers. Hey, if I'm going to be here for a year, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll put up with that. And and that comes down to the next question, which is questions on theology. Mm-hmm. You know, Um I would say if a guy weren't grace-based, um, it weren't all about the grace of God, I can't serve with him. But at the same time, if he's antinomian, where it's so much about the grace, that he's dropping F-bombs, you know, behind the scenes and stuff like that. I'm going to find that difficult because I'm going to see, well, you wouldn't do that with other people. You're just a double standard of holiness. And these are, you know, but holiness is important to me. I'm all grace. And this is where I always freak out, you know, reform people, because um, I, I hold to the belief that if I'm not um, both convincing people, I'm an antinomian and a legalist. I'm not writing the gospel balance correctly. Right. My mentor taught me that years ago. If you're not at the same time being accused like Jesus of being a legalist and an antinomian, then, then, then you got, you got a problem because Jesus is like, not one jot or tittle from the law is going to pass away. I uphold the law. And yet at the same time, you know, he's, he's scandalizing things. So I think you need to ride that mental balance, but I want to hear a guy. He's not all about grace uh, on the main things. It's the main things. If I hear a guy and he's, Oh, Rob Bell is the best thing on the world. I know I can't serve with him. In fact, back when I ran New Breed, we had a guy try to join who, you know, was so liberal. And he was the coolest dude. We loved him. But I just told him, I said, here's the deal. Let's just put it this way. I go to your church. I preach on hell. I empty your church. I go, then you come to my church. You preach it. There is no hell. You empty my church because I I got a bunch of people that, you know, They, they're one step away from it. So look, I, I get, you know, you're a good dude and you're trying to do your thing, but we just, we can't walk together, man. Like these, these things right here that you're talking about, they're big enough to where there, there is no common ground for us other than Jesus. But I'm not even sure if you think Jesus is the only way to heaven. So this is a gospel issue Um, we, we kind of, we kind of got to just acknowledge that this is a reality. So would you you say,
1: would you say, Hey, let's, let's walk together for three months?
2: No, on those things.
1: No, no. no, I mean, like, let's say you don't know this yet. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, do you how do you jump in, right? How do you, how do you jump in bed together? How how do you you have those multiple conversations
2: over, over meals and cups of coffee? And you, you you don't do this in one night, you know, you've got to talk and, and you got to say, Hey, tonight we get together. Let's talk over what we believe. I'll give you the rundown of all the stuff that's important to me theologically. And, uh, you do the same and then you do it as couples, you know, you hear, you'll hear the real stuff come out when you got the spouses. in there. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that's why I say always with spouses, because if you want truth, you get the spouses there too. Hmm. Right. Cause the spouse would be like, well, yeah, but you don't really believe that. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? Like the, it'll, it'll come out when the spouses are, there, there's no messing around. Right. So the, the, cause he, I suppose you could put up a front. I don't know why someone would want to do that, but also views on the Holy Spirit. That's a really important one. What are your views on the spirit? Because if I'm serving with someone who is a cessationist, does not believe the gifts um, operate today, then that's a big one too, because that means I can't lay hands on people and pray for healing. You know, I mean, there's certain things that they're going to think practically should not be done. Not even aren't, aren't useful or beneficial, but should not that I'm actually misleading people. Um So, so those things are important questions like, Who's going to get paid if we serve together? You going to get paid, or am mm-hmm. I going to get paid? So when Charlie and I served together, um, I, I was very upfront. Hey, I will get paid because I'm a missionary. I've come back from the field. Um, this this is how it, it wasn't a full time salary. You know, you are the treasurer, but it was it was a little bit of money, and I got paid because uh, Charlie had a full time job. What I did offer to Charlie was if you want to quit your job and you want to put yourself in the same jeopardy that I'm in every month, in other words, the risk that I'm in um, financially, then I'll share the money with you, 50-50, right? And I think that's a valid point. And Charlie Charlie was really good at it. Charlie would always say, he was—he couldn't argue because he was like, he got it. He's like, hey, man, look, I would not be willing to leave my job for that amount of money. And therefore, man, you you deserve every penny of that. And at a certain point, we did start talking about paying him a little bit, you know, just to to just out of principle. But in the beginning, we couldn't afford that, you know, so that was. And then by that time, he had moved on. And to this day, uh, you know, Charlie has split because both he and his co-planter have full time jobs. But they split a little bit. They get a little bit each. And those are questions you just have to have. But I think it's fair for the guy who's. Kind of putting his family and his, his, his finances on the line for that guy to be the guy that makes some money. And I think you gotta, you gotta be able to articulate that, that, hey, look, you know, I'm earning the right to get paid here because I'm taking peanuts. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. If you're willing to do that to me, you're willing, you're willing to get that money. So, um, and, and Paul talks about stuff like that. He sometimes Paul argues from his right based on the hardship that he was willing to put up with. Uh, for the gospel, he kind of argues, you know, that, that (laughs) he's earned, uh, the right to be heard or the right to be listened to. And I, I I think we do well to sometimes keep that in mind. Go back and read second Corinthians. Um, that was the, that was the, the book of the Bible that kind of helped me understand that. What are the roles and responsibilities? Things like who's going to preach? How often? Are you going to share the pulpit? Is it going to be a one man show? Are you going to rotate in? Um, who's going to do the counseling? Are you going to do all the grotty bits and he's going to do all the glory bits? Um, and I hate to put it in those terms because being in the pulpit should never be about glory. But if a guy's like, you do all the grotty bits and I'm going to be in the pulpit, it is all about glory, right? It It is. that That's a good indicator that, okay, this guy wants all the limelight. He doesn't, he doesn't actually want to do the serving. He, he who's the greatest servant is the first among you, but this guy don't want to serve at all, but he still wants to be the first.
1: I would just like to say, that I would love to be the counselor because I just want to take off my glasses, look at you and go, suck it up, buttercup.
2: <laughs> Pete had his glasses on today and he was doing the funniest stuff. But, you know, it, it, you can do the Bob Newhart counseling. Have you seen that that skit on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> the one where he stop goes, it. stop
1: it. Just stop it. <laughs> uh, uh, I can guarantee you, it, it won't take us more than five minutes and it's just $5. <laughs> uh, okay, I think I can afford that. Here you go. Uh Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. Stop it. <laughs> that was such a great. Stop statement. it right now. What? What? See, I, I, hey, I, I cannot tell you how many times people have come into this room and they've sat right there. I've given that <laughs> advice and they say that exact same thing as you. What do you mean by that? Um, What part of stop it? Do you not understand?
2: <laughs> I love it, man. So yeah, so, you know, these are all questions. Who's going to do the visiting? Um, on and on and on. You got to talk about child care, protecting kids. I mean, the list goes on, you know, financial integrity, but you have to, you have to come up with a list. But like I said, you do it in bite sized chunks and we're out of time, but you literally have to put these things off on multiple meetings. You can't hit this all on one night. But plus you're building a relationship. If you're going to serve with this person, it's not a hardship to stretch it out, you know, over a few months, having really get to know yous and, you know, you will pick up on the things. That's why Paul said, you know, some men sins go clearly before them. Other men sins, you know, they, they, they trail behind. And so it takes time. I, I find, honestly, like if there's character flaws that aren't evident at first, they're going to come out within six months. Six months is a really good uh, kind of touch point. For, like you said, like when you jump in, how do you know? So putting a limit on it, you know, like maybe a year, it might be that something gets raised in the guy's marriage or whatever, and you're like, hey, um, these things, we need to talk about this, and that might be healing for that leader, because maybe that leader's never been in a relationship of accountability before, and that's going to be really helpful, and I've seen that work really, really well in um, some of the guys in New Breed where they're on team leaderships. And that's exactly what happens. But at the same, same time, if, if, uh, well, I don't remember what I was going to say from there and it's time to end anyway. So, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, so, Hey, uh, Pete, um, if, if, if you're doing all these things and you're working out your roles and responsibilities, um, obviously you can't do the finances and do all the visiting and do all the preaching,
1: Right. Well, besides the fact that you don't want me anywhere touching your finances on any level whatsoever, <laughs> for fear that why would that be Pete, for fear that your merchant account might be turned off because of a smart aleck comment you make. Um, when the
2: merchant account representative was copied on the email.
1: You mean? I'm just saying you don't want me anywhere involved with your finances. I think that's a. I think you should not be including Pete Mitchell in on emails that have nothing to do with him.
2: That's now a new rule at Refuge Long Beach, just so you know.
1: <laughs> hey, that'll be the last time they make that mistake. But for everyone else, there's simplifiedchurch.com.
2: What does simplifiedchurch.com
1: do? Simplified Pete? Church makes your life simple. And believe me, when you have Pete Mitchell touching your stuff, you need simple. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, hey, cool guys. Um, thanks for joining us today. Um, sorry that I couldn't get my mic working, but uh, it'll it'll be there for next time. But uh, this has been the Church Planner Podcast, reminding you if you want to reach ones no one's reaching, need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Hi,
1: I'm Scott Blair, Church Planner. If you are anything like I used to be, you probably woke up feeling alone and somewhat isolated today, wondering to yourself. Why isn't there just one place that I can go to discuss the things I really care about, like bear attacks, Sir mix Game of Thrones, and even Christology? Well, I'm here to tell you such a place now exists. This is not make-believe. I would not joke about a thing like this. Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones have created such a place. No, no, no. It's not heaven. They didn't create that. But it's the next best thing, the Bivo Ministry Inner Circle. bi Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com.